0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Blue Jackets' penalty kill has gone from third best in the league to 32nd best in the league. And uh, if you're keeping track, yes, that means it's last overall. Uh, We're going to talk about that on today's Locked On Blue Jackets. Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every single day. Locked on Blue Jacket is free and available on all podcast platforms and over on YouTube. Uh I also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers are going to get $200 in bonus bets if your bet of $5 or more wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Um so I suppose we should talk about what happened Last night, this weekend, um, both the games were bad uh, in different ways, which is just the Blue Jackets keep finding new ways to frustrate and disappoint me. And maybe at, you know, what are we, game 48 of the season? I should already be kind of numb to this, but going from such a convincing win over the Calgary Flames to... Screwing up a 4 1 lead over the Vancouver Canucks to lose in overtime and then just showing up 20 minutes late to play against the Kraken. Um, and three goals in the first 10, 10 shots of game against the Kraken. Um, Danil Tarasov allowed, like, I want to say 11 goals in two games versus the Kraken in, like, 50-something shots. So what are we doing here? You know, like, it's it's just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, and I can't... How many times do you talk about this team doing this? Because we talk about them, you know, being playing close games, and we talk about them playing above their means, and we talk about them, you know, showing up against a team like the Canucks, And yeah, we got a point out of that, but they should have had two easily, you know, and um, I think a big part of this is special teams, which we're going to talk about um, in in today's episode. Because after I said they were good against Calgary, they decided to uh, disappoint me basically every single power play since then. I believe they allowed power play goals in five straight penalty kills. Um, That's not good enough. The power play, the penalty kill is at like 60% success rate right now, which again, I don't know if you know how math works. That's not good. Um they went from you know having just under 90% in penalty kill to this. And I don't know what went wrong because they're using the same personnel pretty much It's just not working, and I don't know if that's a goaltending issue. I don't know if that's a issue about um, PK usage, like, who's going out on the ice. But, like, I can't see anyone different. Like, Cole Sillinger has has gotten a lot more penalty kill time recently, but I don't think he's the problem. Um, You know, getting Boone Jenner back should have been good. Getting Sean Corrales back for penalty kill should have been good. Like... The Branson provarov pairing is um, continually an adventure on the penalty kill, and I would be interested to kind of look at how... who's allowing what goals on the penalty kill, basically. Um, But just overall, like, it's just... it's not... it's not good enough. Um, They are, right now, I believe, they are 25th in the league in the penalty kill. Um since i think since january 1st they are dead last um you know so it's hard to believe that there are you know what seven teams worse than the blue jackets at the penalty kill power play 26th in the league so even worse um that one is less surprising to me but that's kind of it's easy to look at the the vancouver game specifically it's easy to look at that game and say oh well Elvis should have he should have had a couple of those but like if you're going to take stupid penalties and you're going to take penalties like back to back to back because that's what it was it was let me pull up the the um the thing for that game because it was back to back to back penalty kills that ended up with Pucks in the back of the net for Columbus, and you know we talk about, oh well, they got really close, and Vancouver's a really good team, but okay, here we go. Third period, at one eleven, Elias Petterson scores on the power play to make it four to two. At three twenty four, Brock Besser scores on the power play to make it four to three. Brock Besser scores again at six twenty eight to make it. 4-4, so in just over five minutes of game time, it just, it goes. The lead disappears, um, and if I look at penalties, Dmitry Fronkov, Boon Jenner. Like, there we are. How do, how... Also, the, the 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 last penalty from the second period came over. So David Stevenson took a penalty. They scored on that. Dmitry Voronkov took a penalty a minute after allowing a goal. Scored on that. A minute after allowing a goal again, another power play for the Canucks, and they almost killed that one. Almost is not good enough. And I feel like I'm going insane. Honestly. Because they did exactly the same thing again against the Kraken. like if I pull up the the game sheet for that, so they had that, that was three straight power plays that they allowed a goal, which fine and normal, you know. Uh, and then if we go to the Kraken game, go down to the penalties, two more penalties two more power play goals. Um, there was an even strength goal in between those, but Jordan Ebelay on the power play at 1240, and then Jordan Ebelay at 1758, also on the power play. Um, they did kill a penalty off in the second period. So five of their last six power play penalty kills, they've allowed a goal. That's It's simply not good enough. And you can look at, other, like, there are other reasons that they lost. You know, they decided not to try for the first 20 minutes of the game against Seattle. And then, you know, Igor Chinikov was like, oh, actually, maybe I will try. Um, He scored two goals. He's got 14 on the year, which I think might be good for the team lead right now. Um, Which, if that doesn't tell you how dismal this team has been, and that's no discredit to um, Igor Chinikov who's been very good. But 48 games into the season, and your leading goal scorer has... 14 goals. Okay. Karol Marchenko is leading the way with fifty with 15 goals. That's still not great. Um, it is great to see Igor Chinikov kind of figure things out, though. And, again, it's, it's a lot of fun. The, the three Russians, they've had a little bit of a downslide, except for Chinikov, who's really kind of benefiting from being on that line with Gaudreau and um, Selinger. They finally had a player crack the 30-point mark, though, which is exciting. Johnny Goudreau, um now has 31 points on the season. Still, I'm like, what? What's going on? What are we doing here? Why? Why is this happening to me specifically? Um, the games were just bad. Like, I, I should have turned the game off when it was four-one, and then I would have gone to sleep happy at least. Um, just an intensely, intensely frustrating loss. And then they come out the next game, and I'm like, okay, will they learn from? this game seems unlikely they haven't learned this season so far but hey they didn't learn they just decided to lose in a different way so i want to kind of talk a little bit about the seattle game um a little bit more in just a second here on locks on blue jackets first i'm going to tell you guys about FanDuel because uh, they are America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, FanDuel also has bets for which players are going to score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Literally, just go in. It doesn't have to be football. Pick any heavy favorite, put five bucks on it. And if you win, you are going to get $200 to bet on literally anything you want. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked on NHL Podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about the Kraken game, because we can we've talked all we've talked for until the cows come home about. Not specifically the Vancouver game, but that kind of game, because the Blue, we've seen it so many times before. The Blue Jackets have a lead going into the third period and then they they give it up. They allow an early goal and it feels like they just crumble. And I guess you can't give up a third period lead if you never have a third period lead. Um, and that's kind of what happened with the with the Kraken. It was that third period was it's not the worst I've seen all season, but it wasn't great. Like I said, three goals, um, basically nothing in return. Uh, They were, Ivan Provrov almost scored an own goal like 10 seconds into the game. And really that should have been my hint that this game was going to go extremely, extremely badly. Um, Shout out to Igor Chinikov for showing up, uh, scoring basically the same goal twice, which I enjoyed. Um, And, you know, they just couldn't, Couldn't hold on. Brandon Tanev gets an empty net goal with 13 seconds left. So they were like this close to another um, loser point, which I hate calling them loser points. Some people call them pity points, and like I get it. It's frustrating because this team has, I believe, the same number of regulation wins as the San Jose Sharks, who are currently dead last in the league. Um, Let me pull up the the league standings real quick. So. The Sharks and the Blackhawks both have nine regulation wins this season. The Blue Jackets have 10 regulation wins, but 10 more points. Because the Blackhawks only have two overtime losses. The Sharks have four overtime losses. Columbus has 10 overtime losses. And it's so frustrating because, and this is kind of the point that I reached last season was either lose In regulation or win the game. I'm tired of going to overtime and like, oh, we got a point. It would have been nice to get two, but hey, we can we can be proud that we got one point. Like, no, stop it. That's it's so frustrating. So, like, I guess at least they lost this one in regulation. Um, it's good for the the tank, which I hate I hate that we're doing this again this season. I'm tired of rooting for this team to lose. Like, is that not like is that is it me? Am I the only person that's, that feels like this? I am so tired of not root, of, of either rooting for this team to lose or being annoyed when they win. And, like, it's not... I still like it when they win. You know, I'm still going to root for the team to win. But at this point, it's really only hurting. And I don't know what the plan for the trade deadline is going to be. Like, they've got David Juracek speaking to The Athletic about how frustrated he is by his situation they've apparently been trying to move Andrew Peake all season and have had nothing. So they just keep playing him, I guess, to show people what they're missing. I don't know. Um, you know, they've got a couple of expiring contracts. Apparently he's list, uh, apparently Keck Lyon is listening on Patrick Line and Ivan Provorov. We'll talk about Patrick Line a little bit later on because it's a, he's not getting moved this season. I don't think is after, after what came out this weekend. Um, what are they going to do? Are they going to sell all of these players for like pennies on the dollar? Essentially, um, are they going to hold on to them? Are they going to trade away prospects for picks? Are they going to just kind of do nothing, you know? And I don't know. Um, and it feels frustrating to know that Yomaka Kleinen likely won't be back next season. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit probably in the offseason about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But letting him handle the trade deadline and essentially shaping what next year is going to look like seems like a misstep to me. Um, And I don't know what I don't know what it's going to look like. Is he going to keep trying to make like panic, not panic moves, but it feels like he's trying to rush the rebuild to not save his job, but to try and keep his job a little bit longer. You know, he it feels like he's just been kicking the can down the road, except it turns out he's been kicking the can the wrong way because this team is worse than they were last season with a better roster and ostensibly a better coach. Like, your opinion may vary on that, but I do think Pascal Vincent is a better coach than Brad Larson. Maybe that's not saying much, but I don't know how... I don't know how you fix this team with Yamaka Kleinen still in charge. And I don't know... I don't know what they do with the trade deadline. Is there like there's talk about moving Elvis? There's there's talk about, you know, is Boone Jenner available for trade? And like, probably not, because I don't think that he's the kind of player that they'll want to trade. You know, he's the kind of player they'll want to keep for intangibles and, and whatnot. But I don't know where this team is going and that's frustrating because even when the team was bad like last year I was like okay this team is bad but I know where we're going we're going to get a high draft pick we're going to get players back healthy next season we'll probably get a new coach um you know things will be different next year but i could see like the vision or whatever the past couple of years of like okay we'll be you know we'll start the rebuild and then this off season just kind of blew any kind of confidence i had in kekaline and out of the water with trading for two defensemen that arguably you didn't need one that you're now trying to get rid of the other one is signed for eight years despite the fact that you have you know a ton of nhl ready defensemen or nearly nhl ready defensemen like david urichek should be in the nhl jay christensen should probably be in the nhl denton mataychuk is going to be in the conversation for like should he have an nhl roster spot next season but like like where where is he gonna go? You've got Werensky signed long term, Seberson signed long term, Gabranson signed semi-long term, like there's just there's just not enough room. So, you know, with that, the the hiring and then subsequent you know, not firing of of Mike Babcock, the resigning of Mike Babcock, I guess. Um, like I just I don't I don't know what the vision for the future is for this team anymore. Short term, at least like long term. I hope that, you know, they'll figure it out and they've got a lot of good prospects coming down the line. But right now I'm like, what 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 is the plan? What is the plan to finish this season? Is it to lose as many games as possible? Is it to. Get rid of anyone who is, you know, under the age of 25 and not named. Oh, excuse me, over the age of 25 and not named um, Erica Branson. Like what's what's the plan here? Yamo? because there must be one. I just don't know what it is. And that, I think, is what has been so frustrating to watch this season is it feels like they have a plan. They're just not telling anyone. And also the plan is bad, which is not great in terms of how plans go. So maybe it's just me that feels that way. Like, if you also feel that way, let me know in the comments. Maybe this is me kind of the sky is falling and being melodramatic because the Blue Jackets embarrassed themselves again. I don't know, but let me know if you feel the same way um, in the comments below. Can take another quick break, uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Patrick Linea, who is uh, taking a leave of absence from the team. That's coming up next here on Locked On Blue Jackets. First, I'm going to tell you about eBay Motors because passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. They've got over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, so you're always going to find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every single time, or you're going to get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber, not cash. All the parts you need at the prices you want easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to US customers. Bill Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about Patrick Laine, because we've talked about all of the frustrating things that have happened with this team, and this is also frustrating, but I understand. Like, I'm not mad about... Patrick Line stepping away from the team. I think it makes sense. I think when you look at kind of what he's gone through the past couple of years, I am I am unsurprised. Um I'm just pulling up the the statement from uh the Blue Jackets on it, uh, because basically he has entered the um the NHLPA player assistance program. So this is a program to support people recovering from addiction who are struggling with mental health um and other things um he is going to be unavailable to the club for an inde- indefinite period while he receives care under the terms of the joint NHL NHLPA program he will return to the club when cleared for on-ice competition by the program administrators so he was traveling with the team he was in western canada they were talking about something so- him back him being back soon basically um and then turns out he went back to Columbus uh supposedly because he had a setback with his uh the fractured clavicle injury that's had about the lineup and then uh I think literally a day later they were like yeah he's entered the, the player assistance program so I I support Patrick in this and I think um it's it's a really hard thing to admit he posted on Instagram I believe it was and confirmed that it was a mental health issue, um, which, you know, again, his father died a couple of years ago. He has been in and out of the lineup with injuries and it's, he's had a tough go of things. So I am, I am unsurprised by this. Um Just, you know, wishing Patrick the best. Hopefully he's back when he's ready. Um It does lend some questions to what, like what's this roster going to look like now that Patrick Lyon is essentially out I would I would be I would not be surprised if Patrick Lani is done for the season now. Um, depending on how long like we don't know how long it takes to go through the player assistance program. I know um Corey Perry entered the program, I believe, when he was terminated from Chicago and he has returned. So I think it's it probably differs for every player. Um obviously Alexander Texier was um out for over a year and a half. Uh, I believe he was cleared after half a year, but stayed in, in Switzerland to be closer to home, um, et cetera, et cetera. So we don't know when Patrick Line is coming back. And so, like, what do you do with the lineup then? And I don't think anyone was kind of hoping that Patrick Line, or uh, no one was thinking that Patrick Line was going to be like the savior of this roster. It does put them down a top six forward for basically the rest of the year. And I think that means that probably what's going to happen is uh, it's going to be Bemstrom or Roslevic is going to fill that spot. Um, like, maybe you call someone up from Cleveland. I don't know. Um, but there's there's not... There are no significant reinforcements coming for this team. Um, you know, and Adam Fantilli... I, I didn't even talk about Adam Fantilli getting hurt. Adam Fantilli uh, apparently left the Kraken Arena in walking boot with crutches, and he's, quote-unquote, questionable for tomorrow's game against St. Louis. So, like, the hits just keep on coming. Um, hopefully it's not serious um this is their last so tomorrow night is their last game before the all-star break so they have i think 10 to 12 days before they have another game so like plenty of time for him to heal but i'm not i'm not hopeful um and you know that would just be i think that would probably put the nail in the coffin for a lot of blue jackets fans if fantilli is out any any longer than a couple of games um there goes like the season was lost anyway. But I think one of the few point that one of the few pieces of joy I think many many Blue Jackets fans have been getting this season, myself included, have been watching Adam Fantilli continue to grow and improve. Um, despite the fact that he keeps being put on the wing for some reason, despite the fact that he has not played well on the wing and has played well at center, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be tough. There's no reinforcements coming. If, like, if Fantilli's out long term, they're not going to get. a a similar replacement from Cleveland or anywhere else. So things are probably going to get worse. And I hate being the, like, the sky is falling, dude, because the sky is not falling. It's a game. It's going to be fine. But I do think that it's going to get worse for the Blue Jackets before it gets better, as frustrating as that is. Um, And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow, I think, Uh, because... That's all I've got for today. Tomorrow, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, hopefully we'll get an update on Fantilli and we'll know what's happening there, whether there's a call-up from Cleveland or whether he plays or what, I don't know. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the um, game against St. Louis, which I believe is the... um, the second half of the season series, yep, the Blue Jackets won the first one, 5-2 to two in Nationwide, so I would love to see if they could do that again here. I am unoptimistic about it, but that's coming up tomorrow's episode. We'll talk about why I'm unoptimistic and uh, what could happen with this team. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the show at LO underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. Bluejackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms. We are over on YouTube, and uh you can find us on SiriusXM as well, where you can also find the game tomorrow night. Uh, if you are struggling because you're blacked out, then Bob McGilligot over at uh, SiriusXM and uh, Columbus Radio does a really, really great job. So uh, just type Blue Jacket in and catch every single goal, penalty, and other nonsense thing that happens in the game. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on. A hey, Prime members.